Welcome back. This is episode 19. We're getting up there. I am your host, Angela O'Brien, and this is Especially Organized. And if you have listened to several of my more recent podcasts, specifically in the early teens, you would probably remember that this past spring, I lost my beloved aunt and was very involved in her, the final decisions of her care and her personal effects with obviously my mom being in charge. My mom was her power of attorney and executor of her will and all of that, but I was very involved. And it really opened my eyes to all of the stress and anxiety and sadness and mountain of to-dos, <laughs> for lack of a better term. So many things had to be done to settle my aunt's estate and is still being done. And it really made me realize the importance of talking about our wants and our needs and our wishes for after we're gone. And it really impacted my family in the sense that it started to normalize this conversation around death. I know it's a tough topic. I get it. And it was something that we kind of avoided up until now. But this has really been an eye opener for my family. And in the meantime, I was watching and learning content from my new friend, Kate Huffnagel, the Digital Wrangler. I saw her on Instagram a few months ago and started following her and was really impressed with what she is doing to bring awareness to the idea of legacy or estate organizing. So I have brought her on the podcast today. And we are going to be talking about this. And I've included this as the last part of our transition survival series, because this is a transition. We are talking about transitions here. So I think that it's important that we address this final one. Kate is, like I mentioned, a professional legacy organizer. She's a speaker and a coach who helps individuals and families do, like I said, that important work that nobody likes to talk about. She is on a mission to normalize conversations about planning for the inevitable or even the unthinkable, whether it be during family game night or out for brunch with friends. She had a mind-blowing career in big tech, and a few years ago, she founded her business, The Digital Wrangler to help individuals and families leave behind a well-organized estate. She's also a bonus mom who is passionate about financial literacy. And she tells me in her bio that she is also passionate about finding the best donut in the world. So as a donut connoisseur myself, that just made me love her more. So I hope that you all take a listen and I hope that it doesn't overwhelm you. This is not meant to scare you or frustrate you or make you panic. 
I want this to be an education and an opportunity to normalize this thinking and so that we can start talking about these important topics with our loved ones and get prepared. All right, enjoy this great conversation that I had with my new friend, Kate. Welcome to Especially Organized, Sensible Solutions for Special Needs Moms, the podcast for all those busy moms out there who, like me, take care of kids who have a little something extra, and in the midst of all that extra, want to lead a more organized and present life. Whether your child has medical complexities, an intellectual disability, or neurodiversity, I am here for you. My name is Angela O'Brien, and I'm the parent of a 19-year-old daughter with Down syndrome. I know what it's like to have too much overwhelm and too little time when you're trying to manage all the pressures and responsibilities that come with a special needs child. Using my experience and skills as a professional organizer, each week I will bring information and encouragement to help you move through your clutter and reclaim what you deserve. So let's get started. All right. Well, welcome, Kate. Oh, man, I have been so excited to have you. Kate Huffnagel. Am I saying that correctly? You sure are. Okay, good. I always like to make sure. Um, The Digital Wrangler, I have been following you for I don't know how long, but I have just been so impressed and I've learned so much from you, from the content that you put out and the um, education that you are providing to people right now in this important aspect of organizing. So I would love for you to, I always give a little intro, so I've done that already, but I would love for you to give just a quick intro of, you know, who you are, where you are located, and maybe how you got involved in um, in what you do now. Thank you, Angela, so much for having me um, on your pod today. Um, I happen to live in a small town outside Colorado Springs in Colorado, um, and I always like sharing some personal nuggets about myself so people get to know me as a person. Um, I've got two bonus kids who are now in their 20s. Um, I'm also an auntie to three incredible humans who are in elementary and middle school, one of whom is special needs. I know, Angela, we've, we've talked about him before. Um, and like you, I am a professional organizer, but I have a different area of expertise. I focus on digital organizing with an emphasis on what I call legacy organizing, though some people call it uh, estate organizing. Both of those terms fit. And I know you and I, I've shared with you this, just I've gone through a situation in the last couple months of um, working through my aunt's unfortunate death, kind of untimely and, and kind of quick and unexpected and having to help my mom with a lot of, of those things that were not covered in the will. Even though she had all of that, she had set all of that up. There were so many unanswered questions that we didn't get to answer. And it just, it just was an eye opener for me to really start to address this area of legacy or state organizing. And it's made my husband and myself already, you know, start to think about those things that we haven't yet. We've done a lot, but 
things that we haven't yet done. And um, so I would love for you to maybe dive in. And first of all, tell me how you got involved in this area of organizing. Well, I appreciate the question, Angela. I wish um, channeling my engineering self, I wish I had a couple of bullets that could very succinctly summarize my journey. Um, but it is a little convoluted, just like everything in our lives, right? We evolve and there's twists and turns. Um, and I got my first full-time job as an engineer in the late 90s. And I was certainly a victim of um, imposter syndrome. Um, and I grew up working in my uh, small hometown library. So one of the first things that I did after I got that big fat paycheck was go to the library and get a, get a, get some books out on financial planning. And uh, one of the books that I read talked about, okay, you've worked really hard to make this money. How do you protect it? And I remember um, being on the balcony in my apartment looking at the ocean and talking to my mom and asking her, hey, have you and dad, like, do you have these documents in place? And she just kind of, you know, was waving me off because she's of the generation where, you know, they don't talk about these things. So going back to 1998, I've had a personal interest of, okay, how do I build my wealth? How do I protect my wealth? And in recent years, it's evolved to how do I really protect my legacy? And I left my corporate job a couple of years ago. I spent 25 years or so working in big tech software solutions, um, where we always talked about, okay, well, you know, if, if you win the lottery and don't come to work tomorrow, who's going to do your job and have you documented and uh, left things behind for your colleague to take the ball and keep um, running. So a couple of years ago, I um, became an organizer. I went to um, a national conference that was put on by the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals in, in Baltimore. And I attended a uh, seminar on mostly about what I'm doing now. So like here, the woman gave a talk on all of the challenges that she had encountered in settling the affairs or settling the estate of a loved one. But she really kind of took the perspective of how does technology help us in this space? And I'm sitting there and it was a standing room only. And I'm taking all of this in and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I've been a residential organizer for about two months. I turn 50 next year. I'm already getting tired of the ice packs and the heating pads. And I'm like, I just spent 25 years in, in tech. I said, this is really where my expertise and quite frankly, my unique story really can come to play, right? I created my first will in my 20s because of my personal interest in making sure that I'm setting my loved ones up for the financial future. But in recent years, even just helping colleagues navigate this world of, of tech and devices and passwords and accounts, I, it really came, everything came full circle about a year and a half ago in Baltimore. And so that's really kind of how I pivoted from my residential organizing company that existed literally for maybe three months and how the Digital Wrangler uh, was born. 
That is so fantastic. And I can totally relate to the heating pads and the ice packs uh, myself. And partly why I wanted to start a podcast, actually, because of the same reason. But I love that you married that not only just a gift, but an interest that you had with like your knowledge. And it is so critical now, I think, because technology it's obviously made a lot of things easier, but in I think in this regard, it's made a lot of things more difficult and more challenging because you don't know what you don't know when something happens to a loved one and what you're missing. So I'm just so grateful that you are here to help us. And as you know, I know you mentioned that you have a nephew, niece or nephew with special needs. A nephew. And um, so you're probably aware. I'm in that generation right now. I have a 19-year-old daughter with special need with, with Down syndrome. And I'm going to be making sure that she's taken care of for the rest of her life. But I also have two aging parents and just recently an aunt that I was very involved in the care of. And so it's that feeling of being squished squeezed in the middle and so how can we relieve take a little bit of that pressure off um with some of this information that you're going to provide so thank you again all right let's let's just get started so my first question is why really why is estate planning so essential for these parents of kids with special needs and really what are what are some of the first steps that a parent can take at when their kids are younger so that they are a little bit more prepared when they are older and and all those things that have to happen that I'm dealing with right now as an 18 with an 18 year old <laughs> yeah and i think your first question is um so beautifully said right why is estate planning important for parents of kids with special needs and ultimately you know my response to that is don't you as the parent want to decide who is going to care for your child, whether they're nine months, nine years, or 19 years old, right? I know that I certainly wouldn't want the courts deciding who's going to take care of my nephew or my other nephew or my niece. Um, and so working with an attorney to put those wishes in writing is super important. Like I cannot stress that uh, enough. And what I've even just learned in my own life over the last couple of weeks, dealing with a father-in-law who had a very unfortunate accident uh, while my husband was overseas, right? So working with an attorney to have your plan documented, but then make sure you also have your backup plan captured as well, because we're not updating these documents, say every month, right? We usually update them every couple of years, though some people lean more towards the every five or 10 year mm -hmm. cycle. Um, and so it's just important one to have your primary wishes documented as who, who you want to be responsible for your children. And then to make sure you have at least one backup plan also documented. And if you're working with a really great attorney, they're going to probably even insist that you maybe even have a third plan documented as well. Right. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll, maybe I'm getting, jumping ahead, but 
I've found that we have had to really search for a an attorney that is really knowledgeable about this, uh, about the world of special needs and disability, because we've dealt with some that said they were, and and it turns out that we are struggling with what we've what we've established and we're having to redo. And so I think, like you said, finding not just an attorney, but someone who is really specialized in um, estate planning for families of kids with special needs. Yeah, absolutely. When I created my first will in my 20s, um, you know, this was the this was in a time before there was Google and before things like Facebook existed. And so I just asked my colleagues like, hey, who, who have you been working with? And I was shocked to realize that 20, 25 years ago, that so few of them had a will. And so after like asking around for months, I finally got one name and I walked away with a will that was just a couple of pages long. And I remember thinking to myself, like, this is it. But what I learned in that moment was that the attorney that I used was very accustomed to working with high high net worth uh, individuals, not someone like me who was in their 20s. And so he just wanted to put something together so that he could focus more on his, what he thought were more valuable clients to have. Right. Um, so doing that research to really make sure, you know, before you enter into that attorney client agreement, make sure you've done your due diligence to ensure that that attorney is really going to meet your needs. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, like I said, we are in the middle of it right now. We've we're on our I mean, we've had a, a special needs attorney years ago develop a special needs trust after she was born and the laws have changed so much since then. And so then we employed a new special needs lawyer several years ago in the Texas area. And it turns out that now we're going back through and things were not set up correctly. And so now we've had to employ a third attorney, someone that is really knowledgeable specifically about the Social Security Administration, because we're applying for SSI and the supplemental security income and all of that. And um, we've just had a lot of struggles. So yes. So, so really doing your due diligence is, is really important. <laughs> I say that from experience. <laughs> All right. Well, how can our listeners make things easy, easier, because it's not going to be easy, but easier for their spouse or loved one left, like that gets left behind? Yeah. And I loved how you um, phrased the question, Angela, how can we make it easier because right. I mean, I know you're you're living through this, uh, you know, supporting your mom with your um, aunt passing away, and um, so I like to talk in threes. So let's start with our devices, right? I know um, your listeners can't see me, but I'm holding up my phone um, to the camera. So one thing that I want to pass on to everyone is make sure that someone has access to your phone and your laptop and your tablets right now does that mean they have to have access to those items today right no right i mean we we hold on to our devices and protect them with our lives right and there are they're an extension of us right and so we like to protect them so when i suggest that people make sure that someone can access their device i don't necessarily mean give them the password today Right. I don't mean 
um, programming their face or their fingerprint into your phone today. But you want to make sure that if something happens to you, that they're going to be able to get into your devices. So maybe you're leaving, I don't know, a post-it note in an agreed upon place where they know where they can go get the password when they need it. Or maybe you're more comfortable saying, okay, give me your fingerprint. I'm going to program um, your finger into my phone so you can access it, you know, whenever you need to, right? That's going to look and feel different for everyone, but that's my first tip. Um, and why is that important? Well, things like our bank accounts these days and even our uh, medical accounts will send us a text message with that security code, right? So your loved one is going to want to have access to your device because it's going to make their lives a lot easier for them to get into those accounts. Um, and then on the flip side, you also want to make sure that if someone does unexpectedly pass, you don't want to turn that cell phone bill off immediately, right? Because you're going to need a little time to get those text messages, to get information off that phone. Maybe that is valuable, whether it's financially worth something or has high sentimental value. Um, you're going to want to keep those devices operating probably for a couple of months. The second tip I have relates to passwords, right? Um, I've got in my password manager, I have like over 400 passwords. And I think I've got more than most people because I am a business owner. Um, but I'm also in charge of household operations. And, you know, I only got married a few months ago. So I came into my marriage with a lot of financial assets that, you know, my husband doesn't know about. Mm -hmm. um, so making sure that someone even, like knows where your passwords are, or you, let's say you're storing them online, you have given them access to whether it's that password manager or given them access to your secret document that you have encrypted and have like four passwords on just to protect. Um, so the passwords will make your, will make loved ones lives significantly easier as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third suggestion that I have which I kind of just um, touched on, right? I'm, I'm in charge of household operations, right? I pay all of the bills that are associated with our home, whether it's our utility bills, the mortgage insurance, all of the um, delivery items that we have on auto ship that show up on our doorstep, which let's face it, before the pandemic, we had maybe one or two. Now we might be getting a couple of a week. Oh my gosh. Yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's right? a lot. Yes, it is. So having all of that information on, you know, the who's the utility provider for the water, right? Um, who's delivering those pantry items, um, even prescriptions that are on auto refill, right? Having a a list or an inventory or a notebook, if you prefer to work in paper, having all of that information captured um, to make things easier for your loved ones is going to go a long way. And Angela, I know you've talked about losing your aunt and it's just, you know, especially when things like that happen when they're not expected right? It, it is a jolt to our system. And if 
like if something were to happen to my husband tomorrow, actually, let's make it about me. If something were to happen to me, so I don't want to, I don't want him feeling bad. If something were to happen to me, right, he's going to be juggling an awful lot, right? He's going to be forced to potentially make medical decisions on my behalf. He's then going to be forced to throw that cocktail party that I want him to have. He's going to have to learn and figure out the household operations. He's going to still need to be his phenomenal dad self. He's going to still need to work. And putting all of this on top of all of those things, while wanting him to have some space to grieve and process his feelings, I just feel is like one of the greatest gifts that we can give our significant other or our spouse or a partner. Um, they're going to go through some challenging times. So my goal is to try and make things as easy and lighter, lighter for them as possible. So if they want to spend a week in their blanket fort, you know, the world isn't going to come to an end. Right. Yes. And you're so right. We're talking about so many things that have to be done after a loved one passes. Oh, and by the way, you're grieving. And I had actually attended this kind of little grief um, class. It was like a one hour class when I was at this health resort, actually, ironically, after my aunt had passed. And she talked about how we are operating when we're struggling with grief like that, we're operating at like 50%. I mean, if that be our, our, we have brain fog, we have all kinds of things happening to our body because of that grief. And we can't, we can't do some of the most mundane tasks. I had to go over multiple times. My mom would call and say, Hey, can you come over and help me with this? And it would be a really mundane task. She's like, I just can't today. And so I I would absolutely, of course. And I was dealing with my own grief and there were days where I couldn't do what I needed to do. And then on top of it, dealing with trying to make sure my daughter is okay and that she's, somebody's picking her up and that's, you know, that she's going through her day. Okay. Like it's, it's so much. And so anything that we can do to relieve some of that, the to-dos, I think just, it truly is a gift. I do believe that. And it makes me just want to talk about so many more things to make sure that my husband and I are on the same page as far as, you know, what we want. And so this is just so, so, so helpful. I love the fact that you have like just three things that we can focus on because there's so many. <laughs> so let's just. Yeah. And you don't want to be overwhelmed. You don't want to be right? overwhelmed. We're already overwhelmed. So it's not to like panic people. It's not to get people all worked up. It's just, okay, let's just start to think about, let's just take things little by little. What can I do to make sure that you have access to my phone if something happens to me, you know? maybe tomorrow or next week, let's talk about the passwords. So I think these are such great tips. Yes. All right. Well, let's switch gears a little bit, but I want to talk about how our listener can make things easier for the guardian of their special needs child, because there are so many things that are related to the care of our kids that maybe our spouse doesn't necessarily handle um, on a daily basis, or if it's if we're something were to happen to the both of us, that new guardian that isn't involved in our daily life, how can we make things easier for them and for our special needs child that's going through that? Yeah, it's such a thoughtful question. Again, I'm trying to think in threes to make things easy. 
So let's start with um, the, the condition of the special needs child, right? So is there, you know, documentation, even if it's something that you've written yourself, whether it's paper form or digital, but documentation on the condition, maybe documentation on how that diagnosis came to be. What medications is the child taking? Who makes up the medical care team? for that so important and how do you contact um those individuals and and is there medical information stored in an online portal so when it comes to special needs kids i always just kind of start with those basics right what do they have when were they diagnosed how are they being treated are they um and, and who's taking care of them from the medical um, perspective. The second area I like to look at then is like the service providers, right? Is, this, is the child going through therapy, whether that's physical therapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy, any kind of training or like maybe social services that that child is receiving and having all of that information and important details captured. Who's providing those services? What's their contact information? Is there a schedule or routine that those services are provided? Do they come to the home? Do you have to take the child there? So that's kind of what I would put in that second bucket. And then third, assuming that the child is still a minor, Um, What about all of the school-related and other activities that the child is involved with? You know, who are their teachers? Do they have a special um, assistant in the classroom? Um, You know, where are their previous, you know, report cards or status reports or their information maybe on their IEP or their 504? That kind of information would also be of benefit to the guardian as well. And like you said, Angela, even if something were to happen to one parent, you know, usually there's one parent that has the majority of this information, right? right? And so even if something were to happen, you know, while that surviving spouse and surviving parent is physically okay and has physically been you know living the same life under the same roof they may not know all of these details inside and out right so whether that is putting together a binder whether it's putting together a google doc or a google folder because there's so many things to capture um, i think that's the third area that's important for the caregiver the primary caregiver of the child um, to capture. And, and maybe just, just um, thinking about your daughter, who's now of age, maybe there is a fourth category. And that is, okay, how do we, how does the guardian know what potential financial services are available for them to care for that child? And then, like you were mentioning, all of that um, social security administrative type of information as well. So yeah, based on our conversation, I'm, I'm going to go and add the fourth one in here. <laughs> it's needed for sure. <laughs> um, because you want, again, you, again, you want to set that guardian up for success. They're also going to 
be responsible for navigating that child through their grief too. Exactly. Right. And so say the non-emotional support that you can provide of having all of that information, quote unquote, at their fingertips will make the guardian's life easier. And that will give them more capacity to support this child through this potentially challenging transition. Right, right. Well, not only that, the more that you can keep the routine for the child during this typical time, this challenging time, the easier it's going to be or the less difficult it's going to be because they're already going to be struggling managing their emotions through the grief. And I know my daughter is very routine oriented. She really, you know, knowing where she's going to go and knowing that, okay, on Wednesday, I'm still going to go see my reading therapist. And, you know, on Tuesday, I'm still going to go to karate. That Those kinds of things, I think, can help our kids who might have, you know, struggle cognitively to kind of understand the whole concept of what's just happened it might just add a little bit more just calm and care to their to their daily life while they work through this. Yeah, that's probably going to give, that would provide them a lot of comfort. Exactly. Too, knowing comfort. that all this other change has happened, that they're still going to go to karate. They're still going to see their reading therapist and that's going to ground them through this transition. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I, I could talk to you for so long. <laughs> <laughs> so many other questions, but I don't want to overwhelm our listeners. So maybe I'll have you back on at another time because I would love to talk about too in the future. Um, like I know that you on some other podcasts, I've listened to you talk about files, you know, like digital files, digital, like storing passwords, photos. I know you don't do a ton of photos or maybe you do now actually photo organizing. Is that true? Oh, actually no, that's no. Okay. True. You don't do photo. Photo organizing. organizing is this one thing that is, that's, that's a whole entity in and of itself. Yeah. Um, and I do, I do know, um, some very well trained, um, and experts in that field be more than happy to um, provide you some resources. All right. Well, maybe I'll get those um, names for our listeners. Yes. And maybe get them on the podcast. But I know that for like, I mean, and we'll have to just bring you back on another time, but I know that I've, I've already learned some good tips from you on, you know, file organizing, password manager stuff. It's just, there's so much out there. And um, I'm just so grateful that you are willing to um, step into this field and take your knowledge and your expertise and share it with us because we certainly need it for sure. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, Angela. I've, I talk about when I give more like um, in-person presentations, I just talk about how like we never got any training no. on our digital worlds. You know, we didn't learn how to use Facebook, right? We just figured it out. We didn't learn how to protect ourselves online. We either just figured it out or we saw a horror story that someone in our lives went through and we're like, oh my gosh, we're gonna, I got to button up my, my digital life. Um, so I just love educating people on, 
giving them all of the tips and passing on my information. Yes. Well, that's, it's so fabulous. Thank you so much. All right. Where can our listeners find you? Oh, they can find me on my website, which is the digitalwrangler.com. And on my website, actually, I've got a free ebook to help you get started on organizing your important life details. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Well, we will make sure we include that in the show notes. And my final question to you is, and I ask this of all my guests because I believe that organizing is a way to reclaim what it is that we need most, whether it's time, space, energy, whatever it is. So what is it that you are trying to reclaim these days? Well, considering I'm going to be 50 at my next birthday, I am working really hard to just reclaim my physical body. I'm familiar with that. <laughs> it is not what it used to be. I'm very familiar <laughs> with that. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. I am so familiar with that. Yeah. COVID did a number on me and I had to really kind of take a hard look and say, okay, yeah, I need, I really want to feel better, you know? <laughs> so I yes. get that. Yes, yes. That's awesome. Well, good. Well, Kate, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and all the effort that you put into, into educating this world that we this digital world that we live in. And just thank you so much. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Angela. It's time for our two minute takeaway. So what have we learned from Kate? Well, first of all, isn't she fabulous? I mean, she has so many pearls of wisdom. I just want to take a piece of paper and a pen every time I see any content from her on Instagram, anytime I hear from her. So what did I get out of this? Well, first of all, don't panic. I don't want anyone to feel overwhelmed. On top of all the overwhelm we might feel caring for a special needs child, I don't want this to add to your stress and your anxiety. We want to relieve some of that. And I think by actually thinking about it now, logically when we can, and trying not to get too emotional about it, but really being thoughtful about what we can do to make things easier, I think can be really helpful for us and for our loved ones. So maybe just doing something really small, like you know, talking to your loved one today about how to access your phone or writing down all the therapies that your child gets and making a note or buying a notebook. And that's what's going to be your source of information that you can provide to your loved one. And then sharing that, telling your loved one that that's where they can find that information. So just baby steps. Secondly, I think getting access to your phone or getting access to your loved one's phone in case something happens is really critical. And then secondarily, passwords. So having a strategy for that and talking about that now can really save months and months of work. And then finally, don't be afraid to ask around for a good special needs attorney or an attorney that specifically specializes in helping families of kids with special needs. I have learned through experience just recently how important that is. Don't assume that they are going to take care of everything. There are other things in the household. There are other events happening that might need to be recorded and documented. Just start to think about those things. What would help 
a future guardian? What would help that loved one that would carry on after I was gone? I hope that this was helpful. Uh, Please let me know in the comments. Please reach out and tell me if you have any stories that would reinforce uh, the need for this message to get out there. I would love to hear from you. All right. I hope you all have a great week and I hope you get to go out and reclaim what it is that you need today. (music) 